Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Hello, listeners of Y'all We Read It. This is the podcast where we, two best friends, read young adult novels from our past as 20-somethings. My name is Laura. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Maggie, and I'm your other ASMR co-host today. And this is the wrap-up, the calmest of wrap-ups to our ninth season, where we read all of the John Green books. And that was it. Did you like my intro, Maggie, where I was really just like calm and like seductive in like an NPR kind of way? Yeah, honestly, you can make a lot of money just based off of that kind of voice. Hey, one day, one can hope. That would pay for my student loans. ASMR is so wild to me because some of the ASMR will just be like someone with long acrylic nails just on the mic. And I'm like, who enjoys that? I know. I feel like anytime somebody tells me they like ASMR, I love to like get a description of why. And like, I never get an answer. You know, they're like, it just sounds good. And I'm like, but so does music, you know? Yeah, exactly. Some people like ASMR, some people like music, some people like reading old young adult novels to make themselves feel youthful, young, nostalgic, and have a podcast about it. That's so true. And this is our podcast, Nine Seasons, Meg. Can you believe that? I can't believe believe we've been doing this for so long. It's almost been three years of us doing this, no? Yeah, come October, it'll be our third year. I caramba. I caramba. Time flies and we're uh, inching closer and closer towards uh, 100 episodes of this podcast. So it's very, very exciting all the way around. Um, And I always like these episodes because they're so informal where we just kind of talk about the season. Um, And this is a little different, though, because we have done so many series. So now a season made off of one off books. I don't really know where to start. Do we start with our least favorite books? Do we rank them? Do we start with our favorite books? Honestly, I think I wanted to start off with like ranking them. I'm not sure what my favorite were. And I I don't really count Let It Snow in the John Green discography. Interesting. Um, Because, you know, that's just like he had other people with it. Um, But he did Grayson with Grayson too. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Because I feel like I'm like, okay, that one and Will Grayson, Will Grayson. I mean, Will Grayson, Will Grayson, I consider more of his because it That's had more true. of his he wrote writing. a lot about it, so. Um, okay, I well, mean, take Let It Snow out of the universe and we'll okay. just focus on the others. I think, I mean, I think quite obviously we probably have the same least favorite, which is An Abundance of Catherine. Yeah, 100%. At the very bottom of the totem pole, it has to be An Abundance of Catherine's. Yeah, um, for sure. And then I think second to last is hard because I could... I could swing Paper Towns or Will Grayson, Will Grayson there. I think Mm -hmm. comparatively looking at like this list of books, those would naturally fall in the last two spots before the rest of Catherine's. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think I agree as, okay. I think I would make an argument for Paper Towns as my second least favorite because I think it like, Maybe made a lot more sense to me, um, not to make everything black and white, but like when I, when I was straight and like, I wanted like guys to chase after me in my Mm -hmm. youth, um, as a means of feeling like wanted and loved and like giving myself security, I couldn't give myself. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, 
I was looking for parts of me more so in Will Grayson, Will Grayson, um, as kind of a fully realized um, adult who understands her sexuality more deeply. And I also think the way that David Levithian wrote his Will Grayson and um, the nuances of like character that I think that, oh God, is such cringe millennial humor of like, like not much, just like you know, thinking of, like, death and dying, going to the graveyard and, like, watching rats blend together. Like, weird, like, things that you added to it. I was like, that feels very teen for the specific time. Yeah. So I think I will do Paper Towns and then Will Grayson, Will Grayson, and then obviously Abundance of Catherine's is a big stinker. See, I'm torn for our bottom three here when it comes to, you know, the, um, before the very last of Catherine's, just because it's, like, Will Grayson, Will Grayson, and Paper Towns, I think both had so many flaws in a way, Mm -hmm. in the way that their stories were told. But then it's like, when I think about Paper Towns, I'm like, so many parts of that ending in Paper Towns are written so beautifully. Contrast that to the absolutely insane ending of Will Grayson, Will Grayson. And I think the the ending of Paper Towns, despite the fact that I kind of hated that they still like made out and kind of got together in a way before ultimately breaking up immediately. I might put Paper Towns just an inch, uh, an inch ahead of Will Grayson for that reason. I do think Paper Towns had a concise ending. Yeah. Um, I think if I took me out of the equation, which is very hard to do. Yeah, why would we do that? Closeted narcissist. Um, But I think Paper Towns is a much stronger book. Yeah. All together, then Will Grayson, yeah. Will Grayson, um, just for the personal aspect, I would go with Will Grayson, Will Grayson. But I think okay. the idea of like paper towns and like trying to escape paper towns and then also like coming to the realization that like maybe you just are a paper town is, yeah. I think, not so, the worst neat. lesson. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's like, the bottom. Have to- oh, oh sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Meg. I was going to say, you just like. Like, I think that learning you're not special, but that's okay is, like, a really hard lesson that takes a a little bit of time to, like, realize. That's so true. Um, I I love that we all, like, we're we're so starkly agreed on, like, this is the bottom three and then this is the top three. Yeah. Um, And I'm, like, re-adding everything in my head as I'm looking at all these titles being, like, there's only the six if we're not counting Let It Snow. Yeah. but there's only the six if we're not counting Let It Snow. So for our top three, we would have Alaska, um, Fault in Our Stars, and Turtles All the Way Down, which yeah. I think is um, a much harder ranking system to do than our bottom three. Because like the bottom three, I'm like, we're like, yep, we're in agreement. Those are there. But the top three becomes so, so hard because those are easily his best works. They're both yeah. profound and deep in their own individual ways. Like, in kind of a way, it makes it hard to believe that John Green was able to write three different meaningful books centered around grief and everything and in completely just inherently different ways, you know? Like, there's still, like, those themes that he deals with, but all of those books do read completely differently amongst each other, in my opinion. They do. They're all, like, different processing of grief in the same way, yeah. whereas, like, Looking for Alaska is you're watching, like, or well, you yourself are, like, going through it, watching, like, a friend, and I think since um, Colin, no, wait, Colin was Abundance of Catherine. Yeah. Um, Pudge. Pudge Miles. Yes, Pudge, um, like, Pudge having a friend who is very close, but, like, only 
a few months. Like, I don't think the relationship was as deep as The Fault in mm-hmm. Our Stars is, like, processing grief of, like, someone you've lost that you loved. But, like, The Fault in Our Stars, I felt like the grief was, like, so paramount because she herself yeah. could succumb to death at any point in time. And then, like, Turtles All the Way Down is so far removed of, like, how do I support someone I love when they are going through this? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, somebody who has survived kind of grief and like the fact that she's lost her father and now she's kind of dealing with her life after that so it's like those themes of grief like are in such different points in someone's life which I think is also just uh really cool and really good it's just like those are all just three really really well written books yeah for sure like I mean I don't know it's it's kind of crazy because I feel like he wanted to make The Fault in Our Stars the most profound for processing grief. And I do think it was sad at points, but like looking for Alaska for me is the death book. That's like the grief book. Yeah, no. And it's like, I don't know if I would argue that it's like, oh, he's writing this to be profound because John Green doesn't have that, in my opinion, does not have that air to him that he's like trying to do anything. Like, I feel like John Green is just like trying to tap into themes that we all go through and I think that's why he has such like a following because it's not like he's trying to like get a lesson completely through you he's more trying to get a feeling through a a, a few pages you know yeah no Um, boy does he do it at least that's how I read it because it's not like I feel like sometimes when you read YA it's very much like a we focus on the black and the white but I feel like John Green does live in these gray areas which I think makes him a lot different to other YA authors Oh, yeah. No, nothing feels forced until it's like abundance of Catherine's feel, which is that, like, clearly like, he had a book deal and a deadline. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a sophomore slump. We said it on the air and we'll say it again. But it's like, if you removed abundance of Catherine's from his repertoire, like John Green would have written amazing books, like pretty much so, you know, arguably Paper Towns. But like, I feel yeah. like it's. I feel like it's. It'd be such a different conversation if we knew Abundance of Catherine's didn't exist, because that is truly one of the worst books we have yeah. read for this podcast. Like um, I think Paper Towns being his stinker would have been a little bit more excusable yeah. than the absolute fucking fire, a- offensive fire that was <laughs> Abundance of Catherine's. I know, yeah, because it's like Paper Towns at a base level, it's fine, and it's like if that was his worst book, I'd be like, that's. Okay, but yeah, that was just, it was offensive. It was uh, a lot. It was weird. It was unnecessary. Like, I think um, there's there's such an argument and like, uh, I think the most recent example I can think of is like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, I need to read that. She makes a, um the main character like biracial and then the mm-hmm. the main Evelyn Hugo is um like bisexual and she I read this Vanity Fair profile that she did that was like damned if I do damned if I don't or like the the idea of authors being like if I don't write it like who will um mm-hmm. and I think it's like already I think that that um doubts like your ability to just like write something that people can relate to regardless of like race gender religion sexuality like like if you write what you know and it's like things like grief you know like looking for alaska and yeah. like um i mean or like you have a strong writing team which i felt like he did for the fault in our stars and like turtles mm-hmm. all the way down also was like a bit of him cuz he struggled with ocd mm-hmm. like people will take tidbits from it and 
you don't have to pander to an audience. Um, yeah, yeah. That's such an important lesson, I think, in the world of creativity and like creating where it's like you can have representation without making their story representation. Yeah. And that's such a, I think, important lesson for literally every media to learn because I feel like so often I see so many like TV shows, they're like, well, we have to do, do the, we have to check our boxes now. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, that's not what representation is or should be about. Like, yeah. exactly. It's like, that's what I think Bridgerton does it in a really good way where it's like, cause I just watched Bridgerton the third season. So that's why I'm bringing this up where it's like, they mm-hmm. have those uh, conversations of race a lot more in the third season than I think they do in the earlier seasons, but they do have all race represented and they talk a lot about like the, the black and white differences between these people um, more, but that's not the entire story. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger part of the third season, but it's not like, that's the only thing driving this conflict or this only thing driving their narrative, which is like important. Yeah. And like, it becomes obvious when you're like tokenizing someone in the kind of progressive leftist way of like, we yeah. need more diversity. So we're just going to put these people here and mm-hmm. that's just going to be the only investment that we have and it's like if you want to tell that story you have to have zero ego which is yeah you know what I want to tell this story I can't so I'm going to employ a lot of people mm-hmm. um and I mean you know these aren't tools that we had to talk about or society really cared to talk about in the early 2000s when John Green was yeah. like engaging with this and writing with it um but it definitely in hindsight is still something that objectively like makes him a a much less strong author. And the fact that like, I mean, the fact that the only thing that he apologized for when looking was saying the R word in paper towns. I mean, like, yeah, you know, like how many queer slurs did you have? Like how, how many other like marginalized groups did you alienate? Like alienate? Like it it really kind of like, I mean, at times, like, I don't think, like I mean I'm sure we've seen like the F slur a lot it was early 2000s but like the amount of times that it happened made me so tired with the John Mm -hmm. Green season and it's like that sucks when he has like shit like the fault in our stars and looking for Alaska where I sobbed and like turtles too Mm -hmm. you know and I also think it's really important to and I don't want this to sound like dismissive of what he's done but it's also important to watch that how he has grown with the times just like we all have because it's like I remember when I was a kid all of us were saying the r word a lot of people were saying the f word like things like that that's not just like unique to us and like I I can't act all mightier than that like how could he and I'm like I can absolutely see how he could do this everyone did yeah so it's it's one of those things that it's hard it's very much like calling the kettle black because like as a white people were all you know guilty of that especially as being people who lived in that time obviously like we were much younger uh but that also doesn't make it you know better or anything like that and it's also important in my eyes to recognize that like by the time fault in our stars and turtles came out there is no r word there's no f slurs anymore there's not a lot of those things that we really had pause with like so yeah in a way it is showing that it's like he is changing and in a way those books were a product of that time uh and obviously I wish that he addressed them more but it's a possibility he has and I just haven't addressed like read into it more but that's kind of how I'm looking at it through that kind of critical lens of yeah 
these these books that we read in the early 2000s were horrible in a lot of very offensive ways. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, like they are definitely products of their time. I think yeah. I just like there's got to be like. <laughs> I, I wish that the first thing that you that came up when you Googled Abundance of Catherine's was like an outright apology. That's like, right. Like, yeah, no. And it's like, I, I don't think that I, I this is me being too nice. I want that to still happen. I feel like it's not like, oh, he could never do that now. Like, he, oh, no, he definitely he should be could. listening to this podcast and be like, Laura and Maggie, you're right. I should really address these things that I did. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it's just it, like it's it's never it's never too late to apologize as Timbaland yeah. and Justin Timberlake. Well, or, yeah, wasn't and that, I, that who say, saying apologize? I think it's Timbaland. Oh, was it One Republic? It might have been One Republic. Might I was thinking Timbaland. Um, wow. Man, that's the that's the that's the theme of this season. They all blur together. All of the early 2000s music. Yeah, no, but like it's yeah, like we could talk, I think, a lot about this season specifically with there's a lot more offensive things in this book than a lot of the other, or sorry, these books than the series we've read. Save for Vampire Diaries, which that, I think book five is still one of the most heinous things we've ever had to read um, oh, on so yeah. many levels. That was, that went beyond like textbook offensive. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, God, that was such a train wreck. I yeah. mean, like, yeah. And, you know, it's like also, I mean, you know, it's like holding your idols to like a degree of like, we probably grew at the times, but we also didn't grow like publicly in the sense yeah. that like John Green did. And when you yeah. grow publicly, there's a much more different certain degree that you should be held to. Um, yeah, exactly. But that is just one aspect of John Green as a whole. We have still not ranked our top three. I know. Sorry. We got on a big tangent of just like uh, life and how offensive the early 2000s were. <laughs> Yeah, it was hey, uh, they were a conversation that I love to have. Um, they were so something top three. Um, ah, it's hard. Okay, I think I'm gonna start with my my top Meg, and I because I think I need to do this. I think I'm gonna put Turtles as my number one. That is so interesting. Um, God. Okay, so that is your top one. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm between two. So why yeah. is Turtles your top one? So I think Turtles for me, as we went through this season, and not even just because this was the last book, I think that was the book that I was thinking about the most after it ended. That was mm. the book I was really like going back and like writing a lot of like quotes down for. And it also, I think, felt so real to me in a way that it felt like in a way, sometimes Alaska felt like out of touch or very secluded or very much only relatable to a specific audience of like, oh, you went to a private school and this, that, the other thing. And Fallen Our Stars also felt very much like this is relatable in a very niche sense of somebody who has suffered such horrible uh, things at a young age. And I think something about Turtles All the Way Down really spoke to me as a person with anxiety and my own mental illness. And it also felt just so different in the way a lot of YA books read and are written and uh, talk about characters and to have a book that I think didn't you know villainize or glamorize mental health and really had it as a thing that affects the individual and the people around them without you know attacking it or you know making someone the victim and things like that like there were so many layers to it that it's like he did it so well in my mind. And so I think that's why. And 
there was just so many layers and levels to it that I really, really loved. And it's, it's, yeah, I think it just, it just really stood out to me as, as a good book, (laughs) as a plain old fucking good book. (laughs) Yeah. I, I do think like, I think Turtles is like the perfect, um, counterpart to looking for Alaska. That's why I have like a bit of a, cause I think like, inadvertently like I think Alaska is a manic pixie dream girl and you know we talk about it how she's like aware but I I always related a lot to Alaska in the sense of like like you spiral and then you just do that like insanely chaotic destructive thing of like drinking and driving like maybe like you know your mom has died and you just like spiral and you're so destructive Mm -hmm. and then I think like turtles gave a voice to that destructive thinking of like I'll have a lot of problems with, with like, you know, like I just spiral and I'm like, just die, just like do something very drastic. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think looking for Alaska, I, my gut is saying that that was my favorite. I think yeah. that it was um, like, God, the end of looking for Alaska was my favorite. I think, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like, like I've experienced a lot of loss in the past few years um, mm-hmm. that made that good. I, it, it's hard when it's like, like a, a guy is the protagonist. Um, but I related a lot of like my college experience, I think, mm-hmm. to like looking for Alaska because like constantly taking an art and then like just always having that at like the forefront of your mind and then kind mm-hmm. of utilizing it as like a means of voicing your own suffering or other suffering. I thought that was really relatable. God, I can make a case for both because I could also go right? to Turtles. Like- that's the thing I've always liked about this season where it's like, I feel like with some of these seasons, like we talk about the book and it's like, yep, that's most of like everything I have to say. And I I can, I can focus on a few other things, but there's a lot of big themes in these books that it's like, you could find things to talk about for hours with them. Like, yeah. that's why I think a part of these episodes were so much longer is not even because we had guests on, by the way, thank you guests. Um, <laughs> it's because like, there is so much depth in these books and so many layers and so much to discuss in a way rather than like, you know, Massey and Claire just through a fashion show or, <laughs> or, oh or other, other, you know, fun stuff we've read. And that's the thing where it's like, even like ranking these books, I'm like, is that, is that where it should be? And I'm like, and I could like wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, you know what? I should have said that. Oh, because yeah. it's like, it's such a, they're such thoughtful books, you know? I mean, it gives so much depth to the teen psyche. That yeah, we haven't gotten, you know, like these are real people, but they're also young in the sense that it's like they have their whole life spanned in front of them, but they also like have so many very adult problems that like, yeah. you know, like you said, the click, it's like, was I doing a fashion show in middle school? Probably not. I was probably doing a sleepover, orchestrating like a dance with like my friends yeah. um, and doing that shit at a sleepover. And yeah, I had those aspects, but that's so surface level. I was also like, you know, I don't know, feeling like I wanted to self-harm because I was alienated from friends who I could see hanging out without me. Like MySpace top eight. Why did we ever do that? I didn't do that. I didn't have a MySpace. Oh um, my God. No, so but I lucky. also wonder if that was like such a big reason for John Green's popularity is because he wrote books about teens going through like real problems. Yeah. Um, granted, very um, real and dark problems a lot of the time but like he wrote I think characters that were going through things that were relatable to us 
regardless. Like even when we talk about like Let It Snow or like Will Grayson, these books that we didn't like as much, like there were still like moments that I was like, man, I remember feeling like that when I was a teenager. Yeah. I think I felt that the most with Turtles, which makes me want to change yeah, exactly. Answer. And that's why I ranked Turtle so high because I was like, that just, it, it, it really was so weird to read at the, about spiraling in a way that I was like, oh, this is creepy how real this is. Yeah, because I, I think I always had like such an anxiety as like a teen growing up yeah. of like doing the wrong thing and like spiraling and doing things mm-hmm. that weren't good for me. And then like having it be both something, I mean, I thought was like cool and that was also because I was like you know engaging with like the OC and British skins and it's not like (laughs) my show was a tv show and then also knowing like you're really hurt and was bad and I think that like turtles did a really good job of anchoring her and being like don't do this you're okay and then also the spiraling um yeah that I loved that's it was so good no it's it was so cool to have like a main character that you relate to but you don't want to and you do and it's not a bad thing like that was like to be able to do something like that is really, really difficult to do, I think, in the world of writing. So that's why that's why it has to be number one for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like even, you know, I, like both of them, like I thought I was the main character, but I'm also not as like, I think, quiet as her. I'm more abrasive like Daisy. Yeah. And then that drove me crazy because I was like, I hate that Daisy doesn't listen. But it's like she also has her own shit going on, which is like non-confrontational. So, all right. So does that mean that we leave The Fault in Our Stars at number three probably for both of us? I think Fault in Our Stars has to be number three. And I think it's, it's, I I love Fault in Our Stars. I'll be honest. I I loved it when I first read it. I said this on the podcast. I read it the uh, night I had the stomach flu. It was New Year's Eve. I read it all in one sitting and I (laughs) was sad for my stomach flu and I was sad from this book and I just like cried and I rang in the new year. Um, and this book was still, was so, this as an adult or a teen? I think it was like, maybe like my freshman year of college or something, or it was either oh, okay. like my senior year of high school or like my freshman year. So I was like, I was still a teenager. Thank you very much. Well, if I was like, this is when I was 24. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been I like, in, I was in Ohio when I read it. So I was like, I had to be oh, either, okay. I was either in high school or it was my like, See, for, like break? freshman year of of college, because that was like the first, like the last times I was home for New Year's. Um, but no, I still love Fault in Our Stars. I think it is a very beautiful and very sad book still. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think it, it, I feel like it's earned a place as number three. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that Looking for Alaska is number two, and. Turtles is number one probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no. And I think that's fair. It is interesting, though, that it's like our top two books are like his most recent book and his very first book. I know. Um, and then everything else is kind of spread out in the in the middle. Um, no, yeah. but this was this was such an, in, like I said, interesting season because it was so different from what we normally do. We normally are like, it's a series and it's just us. And we had friends on and we got to meet new characters each and every week. Yeah, um, and I did like having friends on because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was just me processing my own shit and always putting it into a podcast. Um, but I feel like it was like, I would like to say a bit cathartic, probably for everyone to like revisit yeah. a piece of um, like our past and how we interact with it now. 
Yeah. No, I think it was nice for everyone to be like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I remember being like that, or I can still relate to that. And everyone just like kind of validating that. And that was, um, I think the, the best part about our, um, therapy sessions, especially in the later books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a very real season, real world when they stop reading books and start getting real. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild too. I mean, like, I think the the biggest example I can think of in my mind um, was like Nick really agreeing or relating to um, Will Grayson, Will Grayson. Oh my God, yeah. And like the fact that it's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was like when I was reading Turtles, like Daisy just like drove me crazy because it reminded me of me. And I feel mm. like Nick also expressed similar yeah. like, limitations. And it's it's kind of nuts. It's like a reflection of like how we also feel and like take care of like our past self of like things yeah. that we would have wanted to go back and change. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, and this is a big tangent, but a part of me like also wonders because John Green, this book came out in like, what, like 2017, I want to say. I think it was 2018. It was 2017. That's- That's still, that's six years ago and he hasn't come out with a book since. And I think Looking for Alaska had to have come out in like 2009. I think he kind of shift gears because I know that obviously he has his own podcast because he got inspiration from us. Um, But he had it first knowing that we would do it after him, but it was our idea. Yeah. So he was just trying to obviously uh, push us out of the market. But I do know that he has a new book that is called um, The Anthropocene Reviewed. It's like it's essays from his podcast of um, it's more like nonfiction. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it's not um, like at all. You know, it's not young adult, which no. is, is such a vibe shift. Oh, it's essay. Cool. It's memoir. Oh, well, OK. So I did look it up. Looking for Alaska came out in 2005. Turtles came out in 2017. That is 12 years of writing books. That's like a book every two years when you think about it. Like, that's what a prolific career. And also a part of me wonders, like, I I, I don't know if John Green got into this world of YX. He was like, I really want to write young adult novels. Um, but I also wonder if he kind of got a lot of critical acclaim and accolades that he wasn't expecting. So maybe it's that he's at a point where he's like, I don't want to let people down i i would feel like if i was at the kind of level in the world of literature that john green is like you have to feel a level of pressure when it comes to writing because it's like oh if it's not as good as this like what's the point um yeah and i feel like that's like a lot of um the conversations i will have with um like friends of mine who have published books or like are in the process of publishing books is like the yeah. constant need for perfection and at some point yeah. you just publish something and all of them will constantly be like you know what there's things i could have done differently and like i i just had to stop at some point um writing yeah. and rewriting and like i mean i feel that too on like essays yeah. where it's like you know with journalism i have a deadline and i yeah. also need to get paid so i'll turn it around but like with personal writing to me I have like an ongoing page of like 20 google doc pages that has one paragraph of like a personal essay no I think it's that's a relatable feeling in any world of creating whether it's film writing whatever because it's like you could fixate on something and want it to be perfect and it's like it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I approach like any sort of film stuff I make. I'm like, there's got to be a time that I just have to kind of let it live on its own. 
Um, yeah. And I'm sure John Green does that too. But you know, it's it's a it's a big thing to wonder. It's like maybe he won't come back to YA ever. Maybe he'll just kind of let it let it be, or maybe he'll come back in ten years. Maybe he won't. But yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of like his path was always going to be. It looks like he majored in English and also yeah. religious studies, which is really interesting for looking for Alaska. And then after he graduated five years later was when he yeah. published Looking for Alaska. Yeah. Oh man. Now, now knowing, I I remembered Austin when he was on Looking for Alaska saying that he majored in like religion. And then um, I think English. who else was, it was telling us that like, he like was like a, like, priest or something that's the wrong title but he would be like in, like working in like a children's cancer center yeah um, and so it's kind of like you, you kind of get these blips of like almost like how he feels about religion now because like especially in fault in our stars when he was talking about like the the support group and like the heart of jesus in this so that's another th- interesting thing to think about but another yeah, thing that I I think i'm sure we could talk about for minutes and minutes and hours and all of that but that's that's i think that's my favorite part about this season is there's so many different thoughts and feelings to dissect and relate mm-hmm. to. And that way it's like, in a way you can just talk about them forever. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. He yeah. interweaves so many different plot points in um, that are so great. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's very prolific. He has his, he has his times, but I, I do love the fact that you bring up like religion and how his, I guess, thoughts change on it over time. Mm-hmm especially like in looking for Alaska where I feel like it's like a constant question of what the afterlife is. And, um, with turtles, um, it seems like more present about death because it was just, how do we take care of Russell Pickett's affairs, um, and estate now? Um, and there was less of it. Like, it seemed like it was more like how we're connected to the universe more than what part we play in the universe. Yeah, exactly. I guess. And also just like how you kind of, cope afterwards I feel like that was a big theme in turtles all the way down to about like how you continue carrying on so is there a quote or like any um standout thing from the books that you've either been quoting or that's been on your mind for a while oh my gosh still like everything I read in the turtles all the way down um episode plus the ending of turtles all the way down those have been the, the big standouts to me um, and then also the line that I read in Paper Towns on air, which was the one about um, they're saying that they're going to write each other. And um, Q acknowledges that, like, we're we're saying these things that we may or may not do because yeah. it is this that helps us, like, kind of um, comfort ourselves and like the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with our relationship or our friendship or our lives. Like, so we're basically like, we might be lying to ourselves and we don't know that we are yet. And I, I, I thought that was just such a beautiful, like saving grace of paper towns. <laughs> uh, it, Cause it's again, yeah. like John Green can write a fucking ending. Like that is something we know through and through. Like, I think like, let it snow. Like even all of us were like, what is, what the fuck is this? And then like the ending was just so like good. And so, yeah, that's kind yeah. of where my head is going with that. What about you? I mean, like, you know, like that Paper Towns quote kind of follows in Turtles when he says, like, nobody says goodbye without wanting to see you later. Um, I really liked that one. Hilariously, the quote that, um, like, sticks in my head that I can't stop quoting or thinking about is the one in Will Grayson, Will Grayson, where he says, um, planets like tiny need new moons and sometimes moons like me need new planets. Um, Because I think it's put into, like, frame a lot of friendships that have maybe ended for me and then also like 
how much space I took up or like didn't take up yeah. in those friendships and what I want from friendships going forward. Mm-hmm. No, that's that was also a really good quote. No, what if I was like, I don't know if any passages stuck out, but I'm still stuck on how Tiny climbed the rafters at the very end of Will Grayson and Will Grayson. <laughs> You're like, um, I really like God. I don't even remember the people in Abundance of Catherine's, but the 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 side character, the comedic relief, wanting to be called Daddy. You're like, oh. I really liked that <laughs> part. John Green's discography. Uh, I really, yeah, I really liked the part in Let It Snow where he realized cheerleaders are people, and that he also has cheerleaders <laughs> at his school. So it's really this kind of entire thing was a problem to begin with. So. I love that. I love the idea of like John Green spent forever trying to make up in his later acts what was happening and let it snow, which was, okay, we'll start with a female protagonist in The Fault in Our Stars. Okay, maybe females are actually fully realized individuals and turtles. And that's the thing where it's like, you know, John Green at some point just like learned how to write female characters with like Fault in Our Stars and Turtles all the way down where it's like, they didn't feel like they were, you know, trying to be anything. They were just very much like, I am person. And that is what I am. And it was like, oh, this is actually really refreshing and relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They were really great. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, oh, I don't know how many more thoughts I have on John Green, but what no, are you thinking? I think, I think before we talk about our 10th season... We have to do our Justice 4 character and our canceled Ooh. character of the season, which is fun because now we have so many characters to pick from and so many situations to pick from as well. This is so true. I God, <laughs> That is a great question. There's so many, there's so many, you know, oh, you know what? I feel like uh, Justice for Gus, honestly, I kind of yeah. wish he hadn't died. I feel like, I mean, I get it. It's a good twist um, in The Fault yeah. in Our Stars. But, like, he was just, he was so sweet and so, like, wanting uh, to give so much love that, I mean, yeah. that just, like, hurts. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one that one did sting a lot. Yeah. A part of me also would, would say, like, Justice for Alaska because it's just, like, that one was just, like, really unfair, too. Like... Yeah. yeah, I would love to explore her mentality, which I mean, right. you know, as I said, maybe maybe it was a little bit along uh, the lines the, of turtles, but damn, yeah, yeah the uh, the entire just like world of like not knowing what it would have been at all was just uh so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How cliche us picking the dead characters to justice for. <laughs> And they deserved it. They deserved they, justice. And they, deserve, they deserve some justice. Um, let's talk canceled. Let's talk our canceled people. God, okay. I'm not even gonna consider abundance of Catherine's because it's that's it. That's just easy. That's just yeah, like I think it's change. best we just take a step back from that <laughs> for our sanity and for our mental health. We are we're on site. I'm gonna have to. You probably would have guessed this. I'm gonna cancel Q. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought he was a terrible friend. I thought yeah. he was not being there for, like, his buddies whatsoever. Oh, my God. And the creepy thing with the boobs that he wanted to see. I mean, we were just like, you're unlikable. He wanted to see people making out. He um, wanted to – he got with the girl in the end, which um, should not have – never – Ugh, I have such a problem and, like, I think I was thinking about this as I was driving my 50-minute commute back to yeah. – um, 
this route, but you feel so degraded too as like being the manic pixie dream girl, which I have been repeatedly for guys, either of my own like volatition or of just like they saw me online and think I'm really cool. And it is like such an exhausting thing that I was just like, man, I fucking hated Q. Because you get so many expectations and then you completely ignore the real person. And then that real person is always wanting to meet your expectations and getting anxiety from it. So yeah, fuck you. Hate him. Yeah. I will can't, I'll concede to that. I think that's a really good thing. And it's like, I think my biggest problem with Paper Towns is that like he partially still got Margo in the end. And I, I think I would probably have a different opinion of the book if Margo like shut him down and was like, buddy, we're just friends. Like that's, that was, that's my like one. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Very big qualm with that. Not, I'm saying my one qualm with that book, like I haven't listed off 20 other problems with it. <laughs> so that's one of my many problems with that book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I feel like that brings us to our season 10 reveal, right? Oh, woo woo. Season 10, we're going to be revisiting an author that we love so dearly. Maybe we'll get her on the podcast. Maybe we won't. Hey, we're going to try. Hey, who's to say? Um, But we're going to be talking about The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I really loved all the boys reading those books felt very cute and sincere. So I'm, I'm really hoping we kind of get some of those feelings revisited. Um, especially because I never really read these books and I haven't seen the show either. So I, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this world. I am really excited to read the books and then watch the show. Yeah, exactly. It'll be so much fun. And, and it's basically summer when this season comes out because we got a couple weeks break. We're coming back. And um, maybe we'll finally turn pretty. Aw, Meg, I already turned pretty, but I'm really hopeful for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll buy um, one of those like Polly Pocket dresses or whatever they're called. Oh my god! Isn't there like so a brand funny. that's called Polly Pocket that looks like you're like a cottagecore wife? I don't know. Polly? I don't know. Oh, Princess Polly. That's what you're Princess thinking. Princess Polly. I'll get a Princess Polly dress. I'll be a Jenny Han character. I'll go to the beach. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about this book, and I can't wait for our tenth season. I still can't believe that. That is crazy. Um, that's wild. But- yeah, we're, we did we're, it. we're we're zooming through this year. Look at us go. Um, but I guess any closing thoughts, Meg? Um, no closing thoughts. Um, John Head Green, <laughs> you liked you liked one of our tweets, and then that gave me fodder to try continuously tweeting you. And I just kind of want to know why you why you stopped liking our tweets. Um, did, so wait, I guess did he like any of our tweets? He liked the very earnest one I said about liking looking for Alaska and not understanding it in my youth because I was just trying to get tweets out there and then and then I thought oh this is the first John Green tweet I had maybe maybe he'll come on the podcast (laughs) he never never liked them again I I think he didn't like my tweets where I said move over vlog brothers the podcast cunts are coming through (laughs) or I said instead of sicko mode I'm gonna go hog wild so I think I might have gotten in there and maybe John Green was like they're not as sentimental and smart as I thought they were (laughs) No, but if you want to see our non-sentimental and non-smart tweets, you can follow <laughs> us at YahWeReddit on Twitter and TikTok. We're also on Instagram at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. And if you're feeling crazy and want to yell at us for not being smart or sentimental <laughs> enough, make sure you send us an email <laughs> at Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. 
we would love to discuss this discourse with you. Yeah. And maybe if you send us an email, we'll rank our our favorite guests from this season and really cause drama. Yeah. Yeah. If you send us an email, we're going to rank our guests. And that way we're going to find out how many of our guests actually listen to the show. We're going to rank our friends from most likely to least likely to survive on an island. Oh, that's a really good ranking. And I feel like everybody would be really understanding the <laughs> ranking because I have some opinions on that. Okay. We'll talk <laughs> off air. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Bye.